0: Um, My understanding is I'll be here uh, on the 11th and I think it's the 25th of October. So those are Wednesdays. So just if you didn't know that, I'll be here on these next next week. I think that's and then I, I won't be here the 18th, but I will be here the 25th. And so on the Wednesdays and so... Hopefully you'll show up. <laughs> so now you could plan in your calendar. Oh, he's, it's just brother Rick. We don't need to go. And so, <laughs> and so, but anyways, um, hopefully pastor will be back sometime soon. And so, um, but thank you for having me. I, I take it as a privilege and, um, um, but, um, and thank you for your prayers and support. Ministry's going well. We're plugging away in prison ministry. Uh, it's just wide open, full time, uh, several services this week. Um, Saturday we had a, oh, Saturday I, I didn't have a service. I was gone out of town, but Sunday we had four service, well, five, uh, four services. And then Monday we had like seven services at McLaren and, uh, and, um, we had, I think it was uh, three saved this week already. And so we're just plugging away. I work in four different facilities, Callas County Juvenile Detention Center there in Longview. And um, uh, here in Portland, we work at which is called Donald D. Long. It's a detention center for Multnomah County, Washington County, Clackamas County. So it's a pretty large facility for youth. And I do services there. And then, at McLaren, which is a state facility for youth there at um, in Woodburn uh, for the state of Oregon, and there's I don't know I think there's around two hundred youth in that facility, and we like I said, we did about six services uh, on Monday there, and so um, just plugging away uh, doing what God wants us to do, and then we also have Columbia River uh, and that we're there every week also. And uh, and so we have a, a good services there. And so be praying for us as we go forward. We're getting real close to believe it or not. Well, I guess we do believe it because when you go to the stores, you see all, all the Christmas stuff. But um, we're going to be gearing for our Christmas revivals and the care packages and the things that we do during those services. And uh, those are always great time to share the gospel. During the Christmas season, and I love to share the gospel during the, uh, Easter season. Of course, we share it all the time, but it seems like those seasons people are more apt to listen, uh, to the things of God. And we take full advantage of that. And the facilities open up their doors. They need the help during the holiday season and whatever we could bring to them to bring joy to the kids. Uh, they want that to happen and we want to bring the joy of the Lord. And that's exactly what we do and tell them the true meaning of Christmas and the true meaning of Easter. And it gives us an open door to share the gospel. And uh, we see uh, many saved during those seasons. And so be praying about that as we go into those facilities. And um, thank you again uh, just for your prayers and your support. And uh, i just thankful um for just uh, what you've been able to do, um, when I go to those facilities, um, I represent you. you're praying, you send me there, you financially help me to get there, and so it goes to your account, and so I appreciate that and um, one of these days when we get to heaven, you're going to meet a lot of youth who got saved while they were incarcerated. Because of your prayers and because of your giving. I know it's kind of hard to understand and to comprehend that, but that's the truth of the matter. And so you're a part of it. And so I'd like to look at Psalms chapter 61 this evening. I enjoy the Psalms. Um, they're very instructional. They're inspirational. Uh, it seems like the Psalms, you, you get a lot of honesty and transparency. Um, as far as when the writers are writing, mostly David, he's just kind of just opening his heart and he's not hiding anything. And he's just praying to God and giving songs and prayer requests to the Lord. And that's what you'll see with the book of Psalms. Um, There's no other book in the Bible that reveals man's deepest fears. And mostly we have the fears of David and his feelings. Um, It decloses, it's kind of just as you open it, it discloses his, uh, feelings such as anger, loneliness, frustration, fear, and anxiety, all the things that we deal with. And he's the David who wrote a lot of these Psalms is sharing these with us and we could relate to them because we share in all these things too. And so, um, um, so as we read this Psalm today, let's consider, uh, David and his plea to God and what he's asking. Let's look at, uh, Psalm 61. Maybe we'll read it together. Let me turn there real quick. In verse one. Let's look at Psalm 61. Are we able to read this together? Maybe you could follow with me out loud. We'll try to read it together. Psalm 61, verse 1. Hear my cry, O God, attendant to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I, for thou has been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in the tabernacle ever. I will trust in the of thy wings, Selah, for thou, O God, has heard my vows. Thou has given me the heritage of the fear thy name. That will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare my mercy and truth, which may preserve me. So will I sing praise unto the name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Again, um, David here is coming to God. And I want to just kind of give a background of what David is going through during this time when he writes this Psalm. Um, He's facing discouragement, uh, depression, and uh, a lot of things are going on in his life. And let me just read this. Let me see where I have it here. About what he's going through so we could understand this text here. So understand the setting of this psalm. David's been driven into exile by his son Absalom. Most likely this psalm was written after Absalom was killed. His son was killed and before David returned to the throne. So David was obviously a king and, and if you know anything about David's life, man, he, he experienced everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly of life. I mean, and a lot of it was his own doing, the ugliness in his life that he caused. Um, but yet God used him and God, um, he was the king. Um, so David was dealing with rejection. He suffered his son. Uh, he was suffering at his own son's hands uh and then his son died. And so he was maybe feeling the guilt he experienced over his wicked life that led in part to his son's behavior and the painful realization that there was now no hope for his son. And, um, Absalom was now beyond reach of pardon and peace. So as he writes this psalm, we look at this background, his pain, his brokenness. And David is talking to God and he's crying out to God. And he has two main requests in this psalm. The first one is hear my cry. And he came to the Lord and he needed God And he needed God to work in his life. So what do you do? You call out to God. And that's a great thing to do is call out to God. And then he asked, attend unto my prayer. In other words, hear me and please pay attention to my burden. He calls out to God. He explains his situation and he's praying, please, Lord, hear me. Please meet those needs. So when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel burdened, when you feel broken, when you feel battered and bruised, what should we do? What what should we do? And we could learn from the Book of Psalms, and we could learn from a lot about David's life. If and please study his life. I mean, we—it's just an amazing life that he 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 lived, and it wasn't all good. No, not at all. Um, And so, but he cries out to God. And that's what we need to do is talk to God. Cry out to God. Turn to God. Cry unto the Lord. God shouldn't be our last resort. Should be our first when we have trouble. And that's what we need to do is cry out to God and And God will hear us, and it's good um practice uh We live in a world today where people don't turn to God, and uh they're far from God, and we all hurt, and we all have burdens, and we all have brokenness and bruises, and we've been battered, and we go through life, and we have things in our life that uh this baggage whether you're saved or whether you're unsaved we have a lot of things in our life that we deal with and so we're always looking to fulfill, to for a remedy of fulfilling those problems or or I should say covering up those problems in our life and so a lot of times we're looking and we're seeing in our world today what people do to cover those problems And they're not turning to God. They turn to alcohol. They turn to drugs. You name it. They turn to all kinds of things. But they don't call out to God. And that's why we see the mess that we're in today. Because there's thousands and hundreds and thousands of people who are just a mess. And they don't know where to turn to for whatever reason, they've never been taught. But the first step that we need to learn is to turn to God. Turn to God. Hear my cry, he calls out in verse 1. Oh God, attend unto my prayer. So he calls out to God. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee. So he's crying out to God. He's calling out to God. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that I, that is higher than I. So he's looking for a refuge. He's looking for help. He's begging for God to help him. And boy, what a great lesson to learn. Turn to God. Turn to God. I often tell these guys, and I, the other day I'll ask them the question, I says, when you're in pain, when you're hurting, and when you have difficulties in life, and that you're, you're just, you feel empty, you're lonely, you're depressed, you're, it, whatever it is, whether you caused it or whether somebody else caused it, what do you turn to? And they told me, man, I smoke this, and I drink alcohol, and I do this, and I do that, That was their answer. And that's reality. That's pretty much what the world does nowadays. But the lesson here today is, let's turn to God. Cry out to the Lord. He hears us. He wants to meet the need. So we learn here in these first couple of verses, verse 2 and 3, at first David cries, And what does he cry? Lord, hear me. Would you hear me, Lord? And then he cries, Lord, help me. I need help. And when you feel overwhelmed, we need to rely on God. And I told those youth, I says, okay, you turn to all those things. Did it help any? And they'll say, you know, no, it may have given you a temporary relief of the pain, but it's very temporary when you turn to the world's, uh, things and it's very temporary. And a matter of fact, and they all admitted it. And after that temporary was gone, the problems were even compounded. It was even if things got worse. And so we need to learn to turn to God. David did. David was no angel and he turned to God. And so the lesson is let's learn. And when you look through the Psalms, we often see uh, crying out to God, seeking God's help, uh, looking to our savior for uh, to fulfilling the need. And we also see how God meets that need. So we need to rely on God. Not yourself. That's another thing. Sometimes we think, I could handle it. I'll get through this. I could do this. I'm smart enough. And we have this pride and we think that we could get through it without God. We need to be careful. That's pride. I don't need God. I could do this. I could fix this. And sometimes we're, we're educated or we have some type of high IQ or maybe an education or whatever. And I get it. And that's all good. That's all fine. But you know what? We still need God. We need to rely on Him, not ourselves. You see, God is the shelter. God is the comfort. God is the strong tower as we described here in the, the Psalm. He's our strong tower. And if you're not already a child of God, you don't have God. But if you're a child of God today, you have the Holy Spirit. And He's the one that could get you through. Because it's God that gets us through. And if you're not saved today, and if you're not saved, if you're not forgiven of your sins, and if you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, hey, the first recommendation I have for you is, come to know Christ. He's going to meet that need. He's going to fill that void. He's going to be the one that's uh, going to take care of that emptiness in your life that you've been trying to fulfill all your life. The world will turn to all kinds of things. And we all face it. We all have depression. We all have these problems in our life and, and we turn to all these fixes and i get it and some of them are okay and i believe it's okay for some things to 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 do but uh, but what we need ultimately is god because he's our shelter when i think of a shelter i think of a safe place and we need that safe place and he's our strong tower he's all powerful Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we need that stronghold. We need that strong tower. And it comes through knowing Christ as personal Savior. And when you know him, you have the ability to overcome those things in the world. And when turning to God, you know what you're doing? You're admitting that you cannot handle life's problems yourself. Pride is so much a big problem. And today we, we're we putting so much faith in ourselves and others to help us when we ought to just say, God, I need your help. God could do the impossible. So we need to turn to him. That's the first lesson I see here. Let's look at verses um, 4 and 5. I will abide in thee, in thy tabernacle, Forever, I will trust in the covert of thy wing, Selah. For thou, O Lord, has heard my vows. Thou has given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. So again, we're reminded we need to turn to God. But also when we turn to God, and this is a biggie. We could turn to God, but you know what we need to do now? Trust him. Trust him. And we want to take, we want to do our plan. We want to have our fix. And a lot of times our fix is, I want to worry. I want to stress out about this. I want to take control. And what we need to do is let him take control and trust God with the situation. For thou hast. And then in verse four, it says, I will God gives us courage and strength and ability to continue. The psalmist said, I will what abide to be at home with God, to trust him. There is a place of a quiet rest near the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. We need to get near to God. You know what I've learned? The closer I get to God, the further I'm going to get away from the world. So we turn to God, but now we need to trust Him. And we need to get close to Him. We need to abide in Him. I will abide in thee, thy tabernacle, ever. I will trust. We need to trust. Let Him deal with it. Give it over to Him. Give your problems over to Him. David was there and he was, man, his child, his son. And then he felt the guilt of his life and maybe it was his fault and a lot of it was his fault where his son's misbehavior was and eventually was killed and uh, and there was guilt and shame and all kinds of feelings that he had and he says, I'm calling out to you, God. But not only am I going to call out to you, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to hang on to you. I'm going to abide in you. I'm in it for the long haul. It's not just, you know, a lot of times the guys say, man, I feel guilty because only when I'm having problems do I turn to God, and it's true. A lot of them do. Some call it jailhouse Christianity and things of that sort, and they turn to God. And it is true. Some guys only do well in prison, but as soon as they get out, they they go live for the devil again. And and they need to be incarcerated to live for Christ. And that's not good. But what what I'm getting at is saying, you know what? Turn to God, but then learn to trust Him. Listen to Him and abide. Trust what He says. Follow through. Look to scripture. Be discipled and follow through. Pray. Go to church. Read your Bible and listen to God and don't just listen to him and don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And when we do that, what we're saying is, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not just going to hear you, but I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to do the plan that you laid out for me. So that's trusting God. We need to trust him and abide in him. Um, when we, abide in God, when we abide in God, we trust. We can trust God, God to take us and to care for us. Um. So how? How do we abide? The answer is in His Word. Uh, let's turn to Psalms uh, one nineteen. Keep your finger there in Psalms. Uh, Sixty one, but let's turn to Psalms one nineteen. Let's look at s- verse seventy one. Let me find it here. It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. So when we're afflicted and when we have difficulties, uh, we trust, turn to God and then we trust Him and we learn from our mistakes and grow from, uh, we mature as Christians. And part of maturing as Christian is going through hard times. And when we go through hard times and then when we turn to God and he gives us instruction, it grows us. It helps us to get through that situation. Let's look at verse 92 of the same chapter. They continue this day according to thine ordinances for all are thy servants. So we follow through. We get into his word. We get his instructions and we follow through. So the answer is uh, trusting God and trusting his word. Um, Learning his word, applying it to your life, being doers of the word of God. So that's trust. It's one thing to turn to God, but it's another thing. Okay, I'm going to trust you now. And what you say I'm going to do because I'm trusting you. What I've been doing hasn't worked very well, so I need to start listening to the Word of God and applying it to my life. You know, oftentimes I'll I'll I'll, I'll talk to these guys and they'll come in and out of prison and you know and then the same old thing. You know, yeah, um, you know, I got saved and they're they're saved and I says, man, you need to get into the Word. You need to start trusting God. You may have turned to God, but you're not trusting him because you're not obedient to him. How do I be obedient? You need to get into the word. And when the word tells you to do something, you need to do it the way he wants you to do it. And so, again, it's uh doing what he wants, trusting him for the situation. Say, well, um but it won't work. Well, how do you know? You never tried it. And what you're doing obviously isn't working. So I would trust God. And I'll say things like this and they'll, you know, they'll say, well, I'm not sure if I could follow God and do everything he wants me to say. Well, you don't have to, but look at your life. It's not working out really well. And when we follow the devil, he doesn't treat people very well. But if you follow God, you're going to be in a good place. But you need to trust him. But I don't know if I can do it. Well, that's where trust comes in. You need to trust him. You need to follow him. Trust him. Um, abide in him. Trust him. Do his word. Uh, do, do what he wants. And, um, then another good thing is to testify about God. That's why I like to give opportunity to share, uh, praises and prayer requests. Um, cause it's important that we testify about God because it helps me to hear what you're going through and what God did in your life. It encourages me. And maybe God could do that in my life. Let's look at uh 61. I already Psalm 61. Let me just read five here real quick. So we go through the verse here for thou o God has heard my vows. Thou has given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. So part of trusting God is fearing him, knowing that he is there. And that I am going to give an answer to him and that he is God and I'm going to listen to you because hey, I fear you. I respect you. Thou will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy in thy truth, which is may, which may preserve me. And then look at verse eight so will I sing praises unto thy name forever. There's that praise. There's that testifying about God. Um, we get to the rock through praise. We get to that place of safety through praise. Verse 2, from the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So when we praise God, we get to the rock. And when you lift up Christ, you're going to be at that place where you need to be. When we get to the rock through praise, um, learn to praise God. Learn the names of God. If you ever go, you want to do a study, look at the names of God and you start reading in his names in the Bible and it's going to excite you because there's a lot of benefits that God gives us. And because of that, you're going to be thankful and you're going to be grateful and you're going to want to give praise to him. Learn to praise God, the names of God, the works of God, the attributes of God. We have a good God and he deserves praise and he does wonderful things and he affects our life in a wonderful wonderful way and if we testify testify about him and if we share about him people are going to want what we have and god's going to be lifted up and he's going to be praised and by the way when he's lifted up man he loves it and he does things in our heart and our life and in our our walk with God, He's going to start doing things, and I understand. If you go through the book, the books of the Bible, every time you see people praising God, God usually does a miracle in their life. Things start happening, and so we need to learn to praise God, and that's what David is. I will sing praises unto Thy name forever, and I will uh, that I may daily perform Thy vows. So notice, cause and effect. When we praise, then we could perform our vows. So how do we praise God? Talk about God. Share about him, what he's doing in your life. I want to know what he's doing in your life. And you ought to hear what he's doing in my life. Turn to God, trust God. Testify about him. We need him to be working in our life, but we'll never, he'll never work in our life if we don't cry out to him. He'll never work in our life if we don't trust him. We need to testify about him. We need to turn to him. The world's turning to a lot of different things and we're learning, you know, that doesn't work. Look at the mess that we are. And we're so far from God. And we keep getting further and further from him. And we need to remind Christians, we're the answer. God is the answer. But we God has wants to use us to testify about him. Let people know what he's doing in your life. And when their life is in shambles and things are happening, they can look at you and say, how do you get through life? Point to Jesus. Glorify Him. Testify about Him. And you don't even have to wait till then. We should be testifying anyways about Him. And sharing the gospel and sharing the good news. I say all this to say is, let's turn to God. Christians, if anybody should be turning to God, it should be us. And we're looking for God and uh, to fulfill that void in our life, but we're not looking to God. And then a lot of times, like I said earlier, we're trusting our own self and our own ability, but we still need to turn to God. And so as we look at this Psalm, it's just a reminder, turn to God, call out to Him, cry out to Him, trust in Him, and testify in Him. And as we look at the Psalms, I'm just, I challenge you to look at the Psalms and how God works in in David's life. Let me read a couple of Psalms and we'll be done. Psalms forty two verse nine. I will say unto the ro- to God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourn because of the oppress of the enemy? Do you ever feel like you're just oppressed? You're at your wit's end? Hey, call out to God. Psalm sixty nine twenty. reproach hath broken my heart and I am full of heaviness and I look for some to take pity, but there was none and for a comforter, but I found none. Have you ever felt that way? You need to turn to God. They reel, Psalms 107, 27, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are, and are at their wits end. Are you at your wits end? <laughs> if you are facing problems, despair, discouragement, despondency, depression. It's not unique just to the writer of Psalms. It's unique for many. Countless of people today relieve their pain through what? Materialism, drugs, alcohol, and the list goes on. Millions of Americans suffer from ulcers brought on by stress, worry, and fear. The National Institution of Mental Health reports an estimate 25% of Americans are suffering from depression at least once in their lifetime. And fifteen percent of all those that are hospitalized uh, um, from depression eventually take their own lives. Thomas Jefferson said this that he the, the um, um he says he art the life uh I might have wrote this down wrong but he's saying he art the life is avoiding a pain. In other words, what people do most is life is spend time avoiding their own pain. So when we examine the Psalms and we look at David's life and learn from his lessons and he went through it all and he did it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but yet he did the right thing. He turned to God. He cried unto God, and then he trusted God. And then he abided to God, and then he praised God. And that's what we should do. And just the Psalm 61, it's a great psalm, and it's a great reminder. It's one of many psalms that you could look to to find out what they did and how they got relief. And so the same is true with us. Many times I'm dealing with these kids and man, they're a mess and they're in pain and they're hurting and they're going through all different types of emotion, anger, depression, guilt, shame, bitterness, uh, you name it. And they, they've tried everything to fill that void in their life. And the further we get from God, the the, just the worst things go in life. And people are turning to all kinds of crazy things to get relief. But at the end of the day, they're still suicidal. They're still hurting. If not, they're just a mess. Oftentimes, I'll come home and I'll just say, man, these guys are just a mess. And what I'm saying is, man, they're so deep and so far from God. And I truly believe, there's no doubt in my mind, what people need is the Lord. What people need is His Word. And you know, there's so much craziness. And it's not just tradition. They're getting, not just leaving just the, classical things and traditional things that we've done for years. And we say, man, things are so different now than they were when I was a kid. And you hear even older people saying, yeah, you should have seen when I was so different from today. And it's not so much things are so different. It's what they've just gone so far from the word of God. And we need to get back to our creator. After all, he created us. He knows what's best for us. He knows how we work. And the word of God is not old-fashioned. It's just the right thing. And we need to apply it. And we need to look to God and follow him. And he's going to give us relief. So talk to God, turn to God, trust God, and testify about him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for the book of Psalms and the testimonies that we hear and how we need to turn to our Lord and our Savior. There's somebody here today that might say, Brother Rick, I'm not even sure if I have God. I'm not sure if I have the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm not sure if I have forgiveness of sin. That's the first step in calling out to God is saying, I need forgiveness. I need the Lord in my life. And I'm not sure if I have him. If you want to make sure, I want you to pray with me. Repeating a prayer won't save you, but meaning this prayer and calling out to God will. You might say something like this and mean it in your heart. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's a penalty for sin and I can't pay it. But I understand you paid it for me when you died on the cross. You didn't die for your own sin. You died for my sin. And today, this evening, I believe it. I accept it. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life. I'm turning to you and you alone For forgiveness of sin, for a new life, for a new birth, come into my heart, be my Savior. I trust you and you alone for forgiveness of sin. I want to be a part of the family of God. Is there anybody here like that? Brother Rick, I prayed that prayer and I meant it. I asked God to save me for the first time. Is anybody here like that? Would you just let me know by a raise a hand? I won't call you out. I just want to know so I could pray for you. <clears throat> Brother Rick, I prayed that prayer with you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Rick, man, I have some needs. I'm going through some stuff. And I need God's help. Your prayer might be, I want to learn to turn to God. I'm going to give these things over to the Lord. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to the rock, to the shelter that God provides. Would you pray for me? I need to go to the rock. I need to go to that high rock. Jesus Christ, the Lord God. I want him to work in my life. Today I make a commitment to do that. Brother Rick, pray for me. I want to make that commitment. I want to go to the high rock. I want God to work in my life. I want to trust him like I've never trusted him before. If that's you, would you let me know by raise a hand just so I could pray for you? Good Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for just the reminder of who you are and how you work and what you're able to do. And just for the lesson that we learned today, we need to turn to God for solutions. We need to trust You. We need to abide in You and look to You. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Thank you.